Welcome to the Mindful Personal Training Podcast with Dr. Clint Cepeda. Dr. Cepeda will discuss all the issues you face when losing weight, creating effective exercise design, and training with intensity. Dr. Cepeda is a health and exercise science researcher specializing in obesity, program design, and mindful behavioral changes. Be sure to stop by drclintcepeda.com for more information. And now, here is Dr. C. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Welcome back to Mindful Personal Training with Dr. C. I appreciate everybody listening. I like to say that every time we do that because I want to be grateful to all the supporters and everybody who listens to the show and everyone, uh, not only across the country, but really globally. I mean, it's, it's, it is pretty humbling and pretty cool to have the podcast listen to people from South Africa, Australia, uh, good old fashioned London and all points in between. And of course, all the people here in America that do listen to the podcast. So very, very grateful and very thankful. And those are not just words. Um, Like I said, we've been thinking about doing this podcast for such a long time that it is one of those, not dreams per se, but things on the bucket list that we are very passionate about. But once again, welcome to MPT, Mindful Personal Training, and it's the podcast. And this week, we're going to talk about program design. Now, what do I mean by program design? Well, let's program design. Let's let's talk about that. Program design, for lack of a better term, is where you see a workout or an exercise, and it is off the internet, a magazine, or even a buddy's workout journal, and that is a, the design or whatever's listed on that piece of paper. So whatever it could be, it could be a leg day, shoulder day, back day, chest day, You know, those days are written on a piece of paper for the exercise to perform in order or if it's not in order and whatever the list is. Well, I'm here to help you with that. (laughs) Like we want to do all the time during the podcast, we want to be educated uh, or to educate you rather and be educated about some of the things that are out there and some of the things that uh, may or may not be true. And that's what our responsibility lies, especially as strength and conditioning coaches, exercise physiologists, people that research exercise, health, wellness, exercise, sports, science, professional, personal trainers. You know, we all want to have the right information out there and not just have things for you guys to read and go, okay, well, here's a program design and do it. And when you do this, you're going to have a stronger chest, bigger legs, better back muscles. Well, that's not true. So we want to kind of break it down into three parts here. What is a program design or what is program design and what is the best program design and how can I change my program design? So let's go back and define it a little bit deeper. Program design is pretty much what it says. It is an exercise program designed to fill in the blank. What is it designed to? So that's where I come in. A lot of times, and we've talked about this before, a lot of times in my professional past, people will go, Hey, could you, could you write me a a program? No, I'm not going to, I I can't. And nor will I disservice you by writing things on a piece of paper and then expect you to figure it out because then you're going to have questions when you see it and you read it. When you program design, there is some thought into it. If those of you who have come into a gym and you see all this great equipment, dumbbells and everything spread out across the gym, you wouldn't know what to do with it because 
you're just going to go and hop onto the most familiar machine that you see or things that you see other people do or things that you've done in the past. That's not program design. That's just sticking to what you know. Two totally different things, right? Program design is to get the desired effect for whatever muscle group or body effect or body enhancement or performance that you're trying to accomplish. So the body enhancement could be weight loss. It could be performance enhancement for a particular sport. It could be hypertrophy where you're bodybuilding or maybe you're in strongman sports and you're trying to lift the world in a deadlift or a clean and snatch trying to go for the world record or make it for the Olympics, whatever your program design is, everybody's different. So doing a program design based on what you see on the internet or in the magazines at the checkout counter, that's not program design. That's just words on a paper. Those are just instructions that are very general and not detailed enough to get you where you need to be. Even if you think it is, even if you read the article And the marketing is there telling you, you do these five things, 12 reps, 15 reps, 18 reps, three sets. You know, those are just things that you see, three sets, 12 reps, five of what? And even if the exercise is laid out, whether it's a bench press or a lat pull down or a deadlift, how do we know or how do I know that if I were to write something down for you, that you copied it to a T? You had the correct intensity that we required required of you and that you did it in a manner that was progressive. Because if you're deadlifting 225 pounds from the floor 12 times, okay, that's cool. But that's just one part of the program. What else are we doing? Are we doing more deadlifts? Are we trying to get a stronger deadlift? Are we trying to get a stronger back? Are we trying to lift progressively stronger every week? What are we doing? When... A program design is presented to you. You have every right to ask 20,000 questions about it because what would you do? How would you know what to do? And you shouldn't really because that's not your forte. And how I equate it to, to just generally speaking, if you asked me to write you a program, I can't do it because how do I write down a program that will also incorporate your intensity your depth of a squat, your range of motion, what your strength quotient is, what your cardiovascular fitness is at that particular level, what day of the week that you're working on. Are you working where you have only 30 minutes? Are you working when you have 45 minutes? It's very hard to write a program design because what you're trying to do is have the best training session every time you hit that floor. You don't want to be so lackadaisical about it because it's just another day. That's not how you progress. When you're looking to progress athletically or even to lose weight, every session counts. Every minute on that treadmill, every time you hop on that elliptical, every time you pick up a 40-pound dumbbell to press over your head, that counts. But it has to count with the purpose, not just for the purpose of lifting it. What is the program design? What are you trying to do? So for instance, if I asked you to write instructions for your professional job or what you do outside of the podcast, could you do it? Absolutely. But could you do it the minute you clock in until the time that your day has ended work-wise? 
That means you're writing what is expected of your work day. So my job is exercise sports science, health, and the scientific approach of exercise. So program design for me is writing that knowledge on a piece of paper. So let's compare notes. Whatever job you have, it's going to be a long, long piece of paper, papers, a manual, just for that one day. For some of you guys, you may be busy for the first 30 minutes, but writing instructions for what you do for a living is hard. So now let's flip the script. You're asking me, my job, to write a program for you for exercise. I guarantee you it's not going to look like what you've ever seen. On a piece of paper, chest press, 12 reps, 130 pounds, 135 pounds. Next set, 10 reps, 145 pounds. Next set, 8 reps, 150 pounds. Those are just words on a paper. They're numbers on the paper. If I were to program design that, I would turn around and say, hmm, okay, chest day, 135 pounds. Let's have two rubber bands, strength bands. On the end, let's wrap out two kettlebells, 25 pounds apiece. Let them hang and let's press that for 10. After that, take the kettlebells off and the power bands and then we're going to rep the 135 until failure. That's round one. That's what I would write. Now, if I wrote it on a piece of paper instead of verbally telling you it, it's going to be hard because it has to be written step by step. But then how do I know if you're able to handle the instability of kettlebells on the side? I don't know that. But to train and to train efficiently and safely and scientifically, it's more detailed than you could ever imagine. The old adage, the devil is in the details. What about squatting? What about legs? Oh, I love legs. What about leg day? See, I'm a proponent of plyometrics and isometrics. Now, it's not some funny term. You have concentric movement, eccentric movement. You also have isometric movement. And you have plyometrics. Those are still power movements. You can use weight resistance. You can use cardiovascular for those type of exercises. I'm not a concentric, eccentric type of guy and be done with it. If you ask me, hey man, can you write me a leg workout? Well, the first thing I would say is no. Second, I would verbalize it. And third, I would train you on it to show you, to make the mind-muscle connection, to make the visual connection, the kinesthetic connection, the proprioception connection of understanding what it takes to have strong, powerful legs. Now, you could take the golden rule of doing progressive loads weeks at a time. That's fine. It works. I'm with that. But I also like to change it up. I also like to be creative with my program design. And I cannot write that down. Because sometimes when you come across trainers and you come across strength and conditioning coaches, their mind is moving 24 hours a day. How do I do that? How do I manipulate this plane with the squat? How do I clean and press After that, to build better, stronger, but I need stability because there's a rotator cuff that may have a tear in it. How do I work around that? How do I do this? It's never the why. It's always the how. How can I change my body type? How can I challenge my body and my mindset 
So if you came across and said, hey, man, can you write me a leg workout? Okay. I would verbally explain. We'll start enough with the squat. But before we do that, let's plyometrically jump on the 18-inch box. We're knocking out 10. And we're going to plyometrically jump correctly, not the stomp style that you've probably seen around. Light feet, absorb, reabsorb, land on the tips, on the tips of your toes. Balance and agility right there. On the 18-inch one, we're knocking out 10. Nice and easy. Get off. Now you're going to load it up. So just for arbitrary purposes, I'm going to say that we're going to load that up with 135 pounds on that back. Squat that down. Great. Knocking out 10. Ah, but here is the catch on that one. There's an isometric hold at the bottom. So you're squatting down with the 135-pound reps and the isometric hold at the bottom. 10 seconds. Once the 10 seconds is done, we will turn around and get to the 24-inch plyo box. Let's jump up on that correctly 10 times. Nice. Now I'm going to add another 45-pound plate. Now we're up to 225 on the squat. I'm knocking out 10 of that. Ah, but here's the catch. There is no more isometric hold at the bottom. Let's go ahead and knock out five. And at the top, you stand up, strengthen your core. Tighten up, big chest. You're standing with the weight on your back. Stabilize. Let that core and that trunk work. Once that's done for 10, 15 seconds for that isometric hold, you're standing up with 225 on your back. Now we finish out the other five reps. Drop it down. And at the end, we hold another 10-second isometric hold while you're standing. Get off of that. Jump into the 36-inch box plyometrics. 10 reps on that. Turn around. And you may add another 25 pounds on each side to that 225. Same thing again, knock out 10 reps, but this time, no power movements, no isometric hold on the top or the bottom. You're trying to rep that as fast as you can. That's round one. That is how I would write my program design. Now, I just spout that out for the last minute or so, but to write it down and to spot correctly to see your intensity to make sure that you're not quitting in between sets or taking a break because not and, and there was no shape or form or anything that I said was to take a break it was a constant movement but what we found out when I trained with the team is my team rather is that it conditions your legs astronomically I used to have a buddy he loved legs like it was blue in the sun I swear I mean he would do it twice a week if he could three times a week if it wasn't so sore, but the conditioning of the legs and when it was time to lift heavier weight without all the plyometrics involved in just straight weightlifting, weight training, I mean, the poundage increased. Now, would I like to apply this to every person I know? Absolutely not. I applied it to myself because I wanted the challenge. I enjoyed the challenge. I wanted to see if I can actually incorporate plyometric movements all the while increasing weights. So if you ask me to program design, I would rather show you that than talk about it. Program design is not easy. Once again, we go back to that analogy. If you were to write down what you did for a living, there's not enough space on that paper. You can have an eight and a half by 14 sheet of paper, and there's still not enough space for you to write down everything that you do to explain it to somebody who doesn't know what to do. So when you come and ask me, hey, can you write me a program design? You already know I'm shaking my head, putting my head down and going, no. Let me show you. Program design also has the benefit of making sure 
that if you have a plan in the gym, you're not just walking around aimlessly, that your plan in the gym has a purpose. If it's leg day, then that's what we are doing. Why are we jumping from the leg day to bicep curls? Unless that's your program design. Okay. Is it something I would do? Eh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But if your program design is that efficient, you want to stick to that body part, especially if you're doing a one a day split where you're just doing legs every week. If you're doing legs twice a week, then maybe you might switch it up. Then that exercise set that I just showed you with the squat, that would probably be on a heavy day where you're taxing the quadricep muscles and the hamstrings as much as possible. And your second leg workout day would be speed agility training, all leg stuff, sprints, side to side movements on the ladder drill, side laterals, bench step ups, stuff like that. So your program design has to have a purpose when you walk into that gym. If you're just going in and you find yourself that you're one of those that just hops to your favorite piece of equipment, then maybe you need to switch your program. A really strong indicator of what the significance of program design is, is, is it working? Is your current program design, is it working? Because if it's not, then guess what? Then change your program design, which leads to the second question. What is the best program design? I don't know. I I don't. I don't pick one program design and stick with it for the rest of my life. There's tenets and movements that I stick to. Concentric, eccentric movement, isometrics, plyometrics, recovery. Those are the tenets I stick to. Compound muscle movements, multiple plane movements, sagittal, frontal, diagonal, transverse planes. Those are movements that I stick to because they're tried and true and they're scientific. That's in my program design. But I mix it up. Now, I think variety, of course, is the spice of life. But variety helps us keep us, helps to keep us on our toes. I think one of the things that I did appreciate about the team with the fellas is that they did default to me to do the program design every time. So it was hard. You know, I I will admit all those years working out with them, it was hard because I had to think for everybody. I knew everybody's strength quotient. How could I not? And I mean, I wasn't the biggest one. There were fellas in our group that were way bigger than me, but I programmed design for everybody and we all kept coming back for more and they got more familiar with it. They understood, you know, when we are doing squats, there could be some isometrics involved. There could be some bench step ups that is supersetting between that and then doing some plyometrics outside. So what is the best program? I don't know for us and our team. That was, that was it. That type of training was it for us. We loved it. It kept us on our toes. It was varied every time. We had foundational movements, definitely like the squat or a bench step up. But I also incorporate a goblet squat with the kettlebells or taking your kettlebell and doing a single leg rise with it. One leg forward, one leg back. If your right leg's forward, your left hand will have the kettlebell and you're just going up and down in a lunge position. Not moving and not forward or back. You're just going up and down. That's why we call it the single leg rise. But can you imagine doing that right after a heavy squat? So writing it down, no. What's the best program design? The best program design is one that keeps you on your toes, that you have the tenets and the golden rules of exercise, intensity, concentric, eccentric, isometric movements, training in the different planes of motion, plyometrics, 
those are tenets that you should stick to in your program. If you don't have it and it's just a bunch of numbers and words on a piece of paper, then good luck. Because I don't think it's going to work. I don't think it's going to work because it doesn't make any sense. You mean to tell me that if you took that and I took that and we're reading the same program design, we are going to one, either look the same, two, have the same strength quotient, or three, be so successful that if we did that same workout routine, which I hate the word routine, for the rest of our lives, we should be able to maintain our bodies, correct? No. Your body is way smarter than you. Once you adapt to that, then what? What are you going to do now? What's going to happen after you read that and did that exercise routine for a year, six months, or whatever? Now what? Your body would have mastered that time and time again and going, now what? So you're saying now what and your body's saying now what? Now, do I think you should throw everything at your body and then make it to a point to where the body's trying to react to everything all at the same time? Mm, I don't know. I can say yes and no to that. Yes, I think it's fun. Yes, I do it. Two, I can say no because sometimes you need to slow it down and listen to your body. So it's a catch-22, right? But that's the beauty about training and exercising and trying to make those changes. That's the beauty of it because when you take a look at what you're trying to accomplish, try to use every tool in the toolbox to fix it. Don't just stick to one or two methods and call it a day, which now leads into how you can change your program design. Your first question that you should ask is, is my program design right now as it stands, is it working? Is it? Have you lost the weight that you wanted to lose? Have you sculpted the body in your mind's eye of what you're trying to achieve? Have you been consistent with your training? Now, keep in mind, we've talked about this in other podcasts as well. Program design is just one tiny form of your overall mindful personal training attack plan. This is a small, small part of what you need to do, but it is an important part because it comes with the instructions of what you need to do physically. So how can you change it? Ask yourself that first question. Is it working? Two. Take a look at maybe some professional trainer in your area, a true goodness, good reputation. You get a good feeling about that person, he or she, and visit with them. Most trainers that understand where you're coming from will give you one or two free sessions and you kind of get a vibe for it. And you're under no obligation to buy anything. Make sure of that. And if you're not, you know, I'm always there. www.drclintzapeta.com. That is a blatant plug, isn't it? And plug away in some of the questions that you may have. That's the connection of having the podcast, having you guys listen, going back to the website and emailing me questions that you may have. And that's okay. Now you asked me to write your program design. I'm just going to press delete. I'm not doing that. And even if you are not able to get to a reputable personal trainer, There are still great guys out there, especially a lot of strength and conditioning coaches that are on the university professional level from different sports teams that have great ideas that try and mix it up a little bit. If you're into using power movements, power cleans, deadlifts, a lot of compound movements. Now I'm a proponent of those things because they are basic tenets of getting a stronger and more balanced body. Now, I'm not talking about bodybuilding. Bodybuilding's more aesthetics and hypertrophy. I'm talking about just the average person turning around and trying to get the most out of their body with 
the most amount of movement required. So when you look at a power clean from the ground up, if you start with that power clean from the ground and cleaning it right to the chest, if you add that press in one continuous movement, woo, your body is on fire. Try doing that 10 times. And then after that, taking two dumbbells, whatever poundage you want to take, let's say 240s, sitting down at the seated bench and pressing that for 30 seconds. So we're not worried about the rep count at that point. Now we're talking about strength endurance. So we've got cardiovascular. Trust me, you put 135 on that floor for anybody and you have them power clean and press that 10 times as fast as they can in a row, then go straight to the seated press with two dumbbells. And for this example, it's 40 pounds and pressing that for 30 seconds nonstop. Tell me how you feel. That's when the fellas want to wear tight shirts right after that exercise. So when the program design is working, you will see it. You will know the waist will get smaller. The muscles will get bigger. The body will get leaner. Your cardiovascular will pick up. You look forward to going to the gym. You look forward to meeting up with your team or your training partner. So you'll know by changing your program design what is expected, what the plan is, and what the changes will happen to your body, regardless of who you are. Now, granted, I didn't mention a lot of heavy weight there. So for the ladies, just use the weight that you can. Nobody's asking you to lift 135 off the ground, power clean that and press it. No, I mean, you could use the bar if you wanted to, or put two 10-pound plates. Whatever works in your wheelhouse, use it. Don't be so black and white. Add a little gray in there. A little blue, a little red. It's good for the complexion. Either way, program design, although small in the grand scheme of things for your total wellness, is very, very important. I cannot stress that enough. So the next time you walk into your training studio, your gym, or even your garage gym, what is the plan? What are you trying to do today? What is your program design say? Now, do you need to write it down? I don't. I, that's just me. I don't, I, I'm very, very fortunate and grateful to the man up above that I'm able to just think it, put it through, think about the range of motions, think about the planes of motion, think about the poundage that I'm using. I can do that all in my head. If you need to write it down, go at it. If you don't, then you're going to get to know your body very intimately. You're going to get to know your strength quotient very intimately. But the program design just can't be throwing anything against the wall and watching something stick. If it's a leg day, then you're using everything in your power to manipulate the legs in different ranges of motion with some plyometrics, isometrics, concentric, eccentric movements, and that's your leg day. So hopefully the next time you do get started and want to start the week off right, take a look at your plan, plan for a purpose, and look at that program design and ask yourself, what am I doing? today. That's going to do it this week for Mindful Personal Training with Dr. Clint Cepeda. That's me, Dr. C. We appreciate all the support. And if you have any more questions, please do not hesitate to drop us a line. Stop by www.drclintcepeda.com. Cepeda, C-E-P-E-D-A. That gets misspelled all the time. We'll see you next week. Take care. Remember, stay healthy, stay well, and stay fit. Dr. Clint Cepeda has a research background in health science and exercise sports science with a focus in obesity and mindfulness. The statements made in this podcast are for educational and motivational purposes only.